I'm short. Uh, hey everyone, it's uh, really great to be with you guys again today. Um, so let's just get straight into the word. So our word for today comes from First John, uh, chapter two, and it's verses eighteen to twenty-seven. And it reads, "Dear children, this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us." But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist, denying the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. As for you, see that you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you also will remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. Let's pray. Father God, I just pray that, Lord, everything I speak would just be of you, and everything that's not of you would just fall to the wayside. Lord, we, we need to know you and you alone your life, who you were, Lord Jesus, and nothing else. Father God, just help us to break the confusion with your word. Help us to break the confusion with your spirit, because that's what we need more of. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Cool. So, luckily enough for me, uh, in a couple of months, I'm actually going on a bit of a holiday uh, to Korea. So, I know, after being a member of a majoritively Korean church for years, I'm finally actually going to Korea. And in all of my planning, there's um, this really interesting piece of advice that keeps coming up to me. Um, a bunch of different people have said it, and they keep saying, hey man, like, if someone talks to you on the street, just ignore them. They're probably from a cult, and they're probably trying to recruit you. I, I honestly lost count of how many people have told me this. Now, that just shows that you know, we actually have a worry about cults, and it might be a little weird, but personally I find that even more reason to talk to the person, because I think it would be a pretty fun conversation, but in all seriousness, cults can be pretty scary. Things like that, false teaching can be really scary. And even right here in Australia, you know, we, we still have that stuff going on. You know, I've had a couple of my friends uh, who grew up as Christians, or at least grew up in a Christian household that found themselves sitting in on a cult meeting or joining up with a cult accidentally. Now, I'm not talking about Scientology or anything radical or goofy like that. 
These people often genuinely think that they're going to some type of church. And it's actually quite easy to end up doing it. You're just going to something because your mate's like, hey, look, let's go to church. And you realize that it's definitely not a church. See, Christian-ish false teachings are usually the things that can really quickly confuse and convince people to join up. Because some of the stuff they're saying kind of sounds right. So, you know, we get ourselves into a situation where we might end up believing it. That leaves us with the question, how do we avoid these sort of situations? Well, that's exactly what our passage today is going to speak on. John today is warning his congregation about false teachers who want to put people, pull people away from the faith. And he wants to show them what they look like. But the ultimate goal is not just to show people what they look like, but to let the believers know that God has already given you two safeguards against these false teachers. The first is the teaching and discernment of the Holy Spirit. And the second is the very word of God, the Bible that we, you know, most of us have with us in a book or in our phones. So John starts this passage by talking about the last hour. Now, if you're the kind to enjoy a lot of media or pop culture, the first thing we probably think when we hear the words, the last hour or the last days is the end of the world, the second coming of Jesus. And while some passages do talk about that, and that is correct and that's gonna happen, the biblical authors here are actually referring to an entire time period between the first coming of Christ and the second coming of Christ. We're actually living in this time period right now. And it's a time period where the end of days could actually come at any second. Like, it could come right now. Okay, it it's, could come in like a thousand years. We just don't know. And it's not, up, it's not our place to question when it's going to come. We shouldn't guess or try to figure out when that is. But we need to know that there are some telltale signs about when the, what the end of times looks like. See, John says here that we know that there's this time that the Antichrist will come. That's that one big scary Antichrist that's coming to fight Jesus. But we shouldn't be on the lookout for that time, that person, because there are actually many Antichrists among us right now. Antichrists are the sign of the times. And these Antichrists are false teachers. So rather than the end of the world antichrists, these people are the ones we actually need to worry about right now. The scariest part about what Jen is saying, though, is that, which comes from verse 19, he says, they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. See, all these false teachers that John's, of John's time started out in the church, they all appeared to be Christian. They were probably friends and family of all the people that were going there. Sorry. But a lot of the cults and false teaching churches today, the same is very much true. They all started out in the church. Most of the founders of them started in the church, and cults often started as churches as well. And many of them still appear to be Christian externally. 
You know, the founders of Jehovah's Witness, they started in church. Founder of Mormonism started in church. All the health and wealth gospels, they started off as churches. And most of them are still claiming to be Christian. But they've moved on from the true meaning of Christianity. Even though they claim to be Christian, they actually reject the very thing that would make them Christian, the belief in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what does it mean to reject that gospel then? Well, John explains this in verse 22. He says that any person who denies the Son also denies the Father, and that they are the Antichrist. The false teachers that John is talking about here in this passage were teaching that Jesus wasn't actually human. Rather, they thought that he came in some sort of likeness of the flesh. So he wasn't actually born. He wasn't actually living on earth, and he didn't really die. He just appeared to be this way. But they, So they just decided to completely skew the image of God. They warped it and twisted Jesus just to fit into their worldviews because they thought that the flesh was bad, that the real living Jesus couldn't have, there couldn't be a real living Jesus that really died because that would be bad. But without that real death, there was no real sacrifice for us. So John's telling us here that it doesn't work like that. You can't just pick and choose. You can't decide how you want things to be. There's one simple truth, that while we were sinners, Jesus Christ came in the flesh, fully man and fully God, and he died on the cross as a sacrifice for us, and he rose again so that we could be free from sin and be restored into our relationship with God. That's it. That's the gospel. You can't add, from that, add to that or you can't take away from that. All those false teachers that I spoke about before, they do exactly the same thing. They're exactly like those false teachers in John's day. They all bend the truth and twist the truth of Jesus in subtle sort of ways. See, Jehovah's Witness, they think Jesus wasn't God. Mormons believe that Jesus was God, but it was one of three gods. Health and Wealth Gospel teaches us that Jesus didn't come to save, save us from our sin and death. He came to just give us a good life so that we could be happy here. I could literally be here all day talking about all of these sort of cults and mis, uh, bad teachings, but the point is that there is a similarity between them all. That they just tweak the gospel a little bit. They change who Jesus was or what he did and what he died for. But if they aren't for the true Christ, the one that's revealed in the gospel, then they are antichrist. They are an antichrist. It's as simple as that. We can't change anything about the gospel, like it or not. And that concrete truth is, and believing in that truth is what makes us a Christian. You can go to a different denomination if you want. That's fine. If they say the same thing about Jesus, then they're Christian. There's no issue with that at all. But to say otherwise is to deny both the Father and the Son. And that is when you aren't Christian. And that's when you start to believe lies. But all of this can get a little confusing, right? Like, how can we be super sure that we don't fall into the trap? Because sometimes it sounds so similar to what we know. This is where these safeguards come in that John was talking about. 
So our first safeguard comes from verses 24 to 25. It says, As for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. What John is talking about here is the scriptures and the gospel. The Bible is our greatest weapon against false teaching. You should test every single kind of teaching against the Bible. You know, even this sermon right here, you should test it. Test me. Test Pastor Eddie. Anyone who gets up on this pulpit or anyone that you hear online, test them against the gospel. Don't just listen to what they have to say. Check it for yourself. See, if anyone claims to be a teacher or a preacher, if they try to teach anything other than what the Bible says is true, then you have a problem. That's a surefire way to know that you're in the wrong place. A little uh, story on this. I, I, I went to a church prior to this one. Now, that was the church that I was actually saved in. And when I first started going, it, it all seemed pretty normal. Like everything was fine and I was taught about the true gospel of Christ. But over time, little by little, the message started to change. Now, for some people, they didn't really realize this, but for others, uh, myself included, we, we kind of realized that something didn't seem quite right. So we started to test and question what was being said. And really, it didn't take all that much reading to realize that most of what was being said wasn't biblical truth. It didn't align with what the Bible was saying. So ultimately, we had to choose to leave. But many people stayed there. Quite simply, they're the people who were just never checking to see if the teaching was true. They were blindly trusting everything that they were told. And now, most of those people, I've spoken to some of them, are so f deep in the false teaching that I doubt that they'll ever find a way out of it. God has given us his very word. We carry it with us wherever we go. We need to use it. We need to really read it and study it so that we are never pulled away from the truth of the gospel. We're also given one other safeguard against false teaching. Now, John talks about this in verse 27. He says, As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you. And you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. So John's talking about this anointing here, and it's got to be something. So if we take a quick look back to verse 20, we can actually see that what it is becomes quite clear. He says, you have an anointing from the Holy One. What he means by that is that we have been anointed with the Holy Spirit. So quite simply, that anointing is the Holy Spirit. You've been anointing, anointed with the Holy Spirit when you were baptized into the faith. To put that simply, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, God gives you the Holy Spirit. He works as an advocate and a teacher to you. And it helps you remain in the faith and discern right from wrong. That's 
what the Holy Spirit does in our life. But if we're reading this verse right here, we, can, we actually have to be quite careful because it can be taken out of context. If you looked at this, you could totally claim that, you know, oh, the Holy Spirit taught me something and so I've gained some sort of special knowledge. You know, this is what's really true. But while John does say here that the Spirit teaches us, the truth of the matter is it only teaches us about what was revealed in Christ through the gospel. The Spirit does not give any sort of new revelation. See, all the truth that we ever need has already been revealed through Jesus. Everything that we need to know is already in the Bible. So what the Spirit teaches us is the reality of the love of Jesus Christ in the gospel. That's what he means when he says that the Spirit teaches us. So if you encounter anyone who's claiming that they have some sort of new revelation from the Spirit, run away. Don't even bother with it. And if anyone tells you, oh, you know, I got this message from God. God told me this. And that doesn't line up with biblical truth. Do the same thing. Run away. Don't even bother with it. But do let the Spirit guide you into deepening your relationship with God in truth. He's the third member of the Godhead, and he's so important in teaching us and training us. He connects us with God. So, ultimately, cults and false teachers, they can seem really scary. And they are something that we should worry about. We can be convinced by that if we're not on guard. See, and from the outside, they can look just like Christianity. Go ask any of your non-Christian mates, if they, uh, if they know what uh, Jehovah's Witness is, they'll probably say that they're Christian. Or any of those other sort of cults, they'll also probably say that they're Christian. They don't realize the difference. And we can fall into that trap as well. So this is exactly why God has given you these safeguards. It's so you won't fall for these tricks. So church, today, I'd like to encourage you to persevere in the truth. Trust the Holy Spirit that's been given to you. Trust him to always lead you to Christ and test everything against the word. Don't just take anything for granted. You really need to see it for yourself, written down. All truth from about, about God comes from the word. So know the word, become familiar with it. And let's choose to turn our eyes towards Christ today. So church, as we pray, Let's just take some time to thank God for his Holy Spirit. Thank God for the word that's in our lives. And let's seek to remain focused on the one message of the gospel. That Jesus Christ died for our sins so that we could know him. So let's take this time to pray all this. Let's pray.
Lord, thank you so much for giving us your word. Lord, for coming down and sacrificing your life for us so that we could know you. The true gospel. Lord, and I just pray that this truth would be cemented in our hearts today. Lord, that we wouldn't be convinced of anything other than this. We would only be convinced of what you've done for us. Lord, I pray that no matter what sort of confusion we face, that you would just guide us into knowing you more, guide us into following you more. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And we're going to go into our final uh, praise right after our offering. Church, why don't we all rise for our final song? Let's finish the service with Beautiful Saviour.
with uh, the benediction. Father, we thank you so much for Jesus. And we thank you, God, that you opened up our eyes to see him and to know the truth. And Father, we thank you that um, every single day and every single week we get to be reminded of how amazing it is to truly be your child. Lord, we pray, and I pray for every single person in this room, that the gospel will become not just the story that saved us yesterday, but the story that continues to give us life each and every single day, the truth of your son who came and died for us, God, may that just be our treasure deeper and deeper each and every single day, Father, so that we might be led to you, that we might always remain in your truth, and Father, so that we might be empowered by your spirit to truly do your eternal work for your glory. And so, God, we need you to do that because there's so many antichrists and there's so many influences and the evil one is constantly always prowling upon our hearts and our minds to steal us away from what is really true and who is really true so god guard us and protect us from from him and from all those other influences that we might stay strong in christ that we might stay grounded and firmly rooted in christ alone so lord we pray that you'll do that for each one of our members here we thank you, God, for your truth. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord turn his face upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord radiate his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen.